You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer, John McClain. From Sports Radio 610, right now on Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines, kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And John, appreciate you as always, my man. The trade deadline, it came and went, and the Washington Commanders were probably the busiest team, and they were they were selling their players. Montez Sweat went to the Bears. Chase Young went to the 49ers. Let's start with Chase Young. What did you think about that move by the 49ers to get Young for a third-round compensatory pick? Basically, they got him for nothing. Now, he's been uh, healthy this season, but he only played 12 games the previous two seasons. I don't think they picked up the fifth-year option. And so uh, he's got a new zip code. Hang on one second. Sorry about that. So 49ers get him. I know they can't, considering how much they've paid for their defensive line, Nick Bosa got an all-time record contract. They gave tackle Javon Hargrave Hargrave a a big-time contract. They got Eric Armstead. But Chase Young will play end opposite as a former Ohio State teammate, Nick Bosa. You'll get the very best out of Young because he's playing for a new contract. So he'll probably stay healthy. Great move for the 49ers. They're going to get third-round compensatory picks for losing coach D'Amico Ryans, for losing general manager Rand Cawthorn, so they can afford to give up third-round compensatory picks. I thought it was an outstanding move, Q, even though it's weird. They've lost three in a row, not because so much their defense other than bad calls, but because Brock Purdy's turned the ball over too much. Yeah, he really has, and I kind of see the the almost not the blueprint, but kind of how you could beat the 49ers is get them behind and make him have to really work from behind, and that's when he started to turn the ball over. What did you think about Montez Sweat to the Bears and the fact they gave up a second-round pick in 2024 for him? Well, the Bears made a big deal with Carolina for a lot of picks, so they're they're looking for an edge rusher. They're going to have plenty of cap room to re-sign Sweat. Another guy's contract's up. You know you're going to get the best out of him, too. So I think it's a good move for the Bears. Not sure if I'm sweating. You go from one terrible team to another terrible team. What is the sign-up cue with new ownership group in Washington and the commanders really struggling? We know Ron Rivera's gone. But if I'm fans, I don't like seeing my two ends gone. Now, they've got a lot of talent in their line. They've invested more in their defensive line and high draft picks than any team in the league. And you can see the 49ers, everything about the 49ers starts with their pass rush. They don't have a first-round pick in their back seven. It starts up front, which makes me think uh, with D'Amico Ryans, the Texans will go for an end for a pass rusher in the first round in the next draft. So um, uh, not good for Washington, but it's a rebuild. And a new coach coming in there would like to have the extra draft choices. Yeah, and they're going to get them. <laughs> they're going to get them in a major way. Washington made sure of that by getting rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young before today's trade deadline. On yesterday, John, Leonard Williams was traded from the Giants to the Seahawks, and I thought that they gave up a lot except for the Seattle Seahawks find themselves in first place and feel like that they really needed to bolster the middle of their interior of the defensive line. So what did you think about that move for Leonard Williams? 
Well, they're not afraid to give up picks. Remember, they gave the Jets two first-round picks, Jamal Adams, who's been a terrible bust because he's hurt all the time. But it doesn't scare them off from making a move. Pete Carroll and John Schneider have been together as a coach and GM who get along great most of the time. I thought it was a good move. He's good against the run. He hadn't done squat as a pass rusher this year, but they had a hole in the middle, and that was a guy who was expendable. Giants are going nowhere. They're awful. And uh, their problem's not their defense. Their problem's their offense. But uh, I think it's a good move for Seattle. Again, John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. The uh, Minnesota Vikings, we found out on Sunday and confirmed on Monday, Kirk Cousins, Torres Achilles, they made the trade for Josh Dobbs from the Cardinals, and then they traded away their guard, a really good guard in Ezra Cleveland. So it's like, yeah, we're going to get a new quarterback, but we're not going to protect him. He went to Jacksonville. What did you think about the move just for Dobbs and unfortunate injury for Kirk Cousins? Dobbs is very mobile. And uh, the rookie from BYU is going to get a start this week. I'm sure Dobbs will start after that. Arizona's going to probably start a rookie, Clayton Toon, from Houston, unless Kyler Murray is ready to come back. So it was a good move for them to get a pick. They're going they're rebuilding. And it was a good move for the Vikings. The Vikings are in a wild card race. They're not going to win the division. That's going to be Detroit. But the Vikings, I admire them doing it. And uh, there was talk about him trying, could possibly bring back Case Keenum, trade for Andy Dalton, sign Colt McCoy, and instead they went with Dobbs since he's been playing and playing as well as he's capable of. And uh, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers said today on the Pat McAfee show he had talked to Cousins. If I'm Cousins, I'm having the same doctor perform the surgery who Rodgers did because every time you see Rodgers throw it on the field, before the game, you're wondering, my goodness, can he possibly come back, not in January, but in December? And uh, there's no time table on it, of course. But what that means with Kirk Cousins, he'll be ready for the start of next season. Achilles are like six, four to six months injuries. They're not like ACLs. And Kirk Cousins, I'm sure, will be an unrestricted free agent. He's not going to re-sign in Minnesota. Maybe he will. I don't know. But uh, if he does leave as a free agent, they'll get a compensatory third-round pick for him, too. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean, he's got a couple of voidable years on his contract. So, you, like you said, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Who's going to want to pick him up? I know teams need quarterbacks, but he's coming off a torn Achilles. Who's going to pick him up, or who do you think would pick him up? Well, I don't think Andrew will have anything to do with it since okay. those injuries, especially for a quarterback who's a pocket passer primarily, and and he would have plenty of time to get ready for next season. And he was playing well. You know, he even had a good game in prime time. So there's teams desperate. You know, would you want if you're a playoff contender and you think your window's about two or three years, do you take your chance on one of the first rounders, not not Caleb Williams and not uh uh Drake May from North Carolina, who are clearly the two best? Do you run the risk of JJ McCarthy or Quinn Ewers or Shadur Sanders, who I don't think is going to be available. You know, Bo Nix, one of them. Or do you get a guy like Kirk Cousins and take him at least to bring you experience and he has been productive and he helped him win 13 games last year, helped him get on a roll this year. I think he'll be very popular for teams that think they're a quarterback away from Super Bowl contention or playoff contention. 
What did you think about what the Detroit Lions did on Monday Night Football versus the Raiders, and in particular what Jameer Gibbs was able to do on the ground? Well, that's why they drafted him in the first round. Right now he's way ahead of Bijan Robinson, and I don't know what's happened to Robinson in their running game, but my goodness, I don't know with all the talent they had in Alabama if Gibbs was able to have a game like that there. I mean, he averaged almost six yards of carry. You know, they ran for, what, 222? Yep. And I know the Raiders weren't ready for that. He only had one touchdown as a runner, but one of the reasons they liked him because they they thought he's a great two-way player. So the Raiders, and either was his coming out party against the Raiders or he'll just not be average. He's not been average because right. he's a first-round pick. But he was stupendous. Yeah. No, he really was. How how big was that for the Lions to be able to come back and bounce back from that loss they had to Buffalo or to Baltimore, excuse me, and, and able to improve their overall record to six and two is the second best record in the NFC. They should get on field advantage. Their schedule's easy. They play in a bad division, especially with Minnesota having to rely on Joshua Dobbs. Uh so I think there's a good chance that they could end up with home field advantage and I think that'd be great. I love seeing the Lions fans going crazy. One playoff victory since the 50s. It's a great story in the NFL, Q. If the Lions are a Super Bowl contender, who doesn't love Dan Campbell? He's the leading right now in Vegas for Coach of the Year over Mike McDaniel. So it's a great success story. It really is. Those fans are super fired up, and they, that was their first Monday Night Football game since 2018. So uh, they were lubed up. They were fired up. They were excited, and they saw a really good product by the Detroit Lions. Now, on the other side of things, Raider fans, Raider Nation didn't see a really good product, especially offensively. What do you think the Raiders need to do to fix that offense that's clearly broken, John? What I was, what I was first of all, they can't, we're not running like they did last year. Jacobs, what he has, 60 yards, and they're just not doing it. They're not running enough. As elected did last year, when he's your leading receiver, you know you're in trouble. I felt bad for that. May have been the worst game of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. I watched those highlights where Devontae Adams is open, he overthrows him. You look at Garoppolo, and he's got this pained expression on his face. You see Adams on the sideline throwing his helmet. He's mad. That's not a good look. You understand frustration, but I thought Jimmy G would play. A whole lot better. I did too, and I even suggested at this point in the game, John. I mean, they're three and five. They got a couple games at home coming up. Uh, maybe it's the time to make the switch to Aiden O'Connell. Do you think it's time for the rookie yet? I don't think so. At three years, they're not going to give up. Throw in the towel. That would be waving a white flag. That's not what Mark Davis wants. That's not what Ziegler McDaniel's wants. Unless Davis would say, okay. If you want to play the rookie, go ahead. And I don't care how bad we are, I'm not going to fire you because then they're going to get a higher draft choice. But I don't think they're at that point. They have won three games. Yes, they look terrible on offense, but I'd give them another couple of games, see what they're able to do in the passing game. Again, we're talking with John McClain from Sports Radio 610 here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking all things NFL. What do you think about the Baltimore Ravens, what they've been able to do, and, and how they're looking right now in the AFC? They didn't look as good as the previous game in which they just pulverized the Lions. Kind of caught the Lions off guard. It was in Baltimore, but they're still winning. And I picked them to win the Super Bowl before the season began. Just kind of, I wanted to be different. 
had no idea they'd be six and two at this point. You know, they only beat the Cardinals by seven, but they scored 31 points. It's two games in a row where their offense, they're, they're, you can see it and see they have a new coordinator, Todd Monken. You can see play calls that are different than Greg Romans were. And Lamar Jackson has got to be eating that up. You know, they got, they got what? Three, I think, how many touch, how many, they're built on the run. That's yeah. what they want to do first, whether it's Lamar Jackson or not. But man, when Gus Edwards, he ran for three touchdowns, that is so Baltimore, no matter who the coordinator is. Jackson didn't have to throw all that much. One touchdown, no interceptions. They'll take it. Yeah, no, they really will. John, we'll close out with this. One to ask you about uh, the, the division that the Texans are in, and they lost to the Carolina Panthers in a game I thought that they should have won, but you've got the Jaguars doing what they're doing. Uh, just how do you see in that, that division shape up? you got the Colts in Tennessee, and Will Levis look good in Tennessee as well. Two, it's strange. The Texans are 3-2 and two in their last five games. They They have pounded Jacksonville in Jacksonville. They've hammered the Steelers here. They beat the uh, they beat New Orleans here. Those teams combined, I think, are like fourteen and six. <laughs> and then in their last two road games against Atlanta and Carolina, they lose by three and two on field goals with no time left. I'm pretty sure the only team in the league's lost two games on plays with no times left. And people here are really upset. Well, that shows you how much they've improved. Mm-hmm. In the past, we'd say, "Oh boy, they." They lost a game at the end on the road. Good job for them. But now people are mad because they've blown those, both of those games. And, uh, and as far as Will Levis, I just did a talk show in Nashville, and they're all excited. And I said, guys, I believe Marcus Mariota did the same thing in his first game with the Titans. And they're like, oh, yeah. So pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see what he does. DeAndre Hopkins had three touchdown catches and averaged 32.5 yards a catch. Don't think he ever did that here, but his career is rejuvenated. Derrick Henry had 100 yards. They were never going to trade those guys, despite all the national media acting like they were traded. Cue how stupid would that have been? You're going to give a rookie quarterback a chance to play, and you trade his best weapons. You need to put talent around him. They did. Levis responded. Four touchdown passes, only third time in history that's been done. First one was by Fran Tarkenton with the Vikings in 1961. And no, I was not covering the NFL here. <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there, John. I wasn't even going to go there. Final well, question. just in case. <laughs> I know that's right. Final question for you. What have you thought of the, uh, the fall classic so far? The Rangers are up 2-1 on the Diamondbacks. We knew, Q, when the Rangers and Diamondbacks got in the World Series, is going to be low rated. It's the lowest rated in history. Arizona's fan base is in Arizona. Rangers are, you know, Arkansas, Little New Mexico, but St. Louis owns the Midwest. Right. And uh, it's been a really good series. Adolis Garcia, I hate the guy, but what a great player, what a clutch player. He's not in the lineup tonight. If Arizona loses this, despite him being out and goes back home 3-1, and one, it's over. I'd love to see D-Bags win it 2-2, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I love baseball. I watch it no matter who's in it. But you know the networks would much rather have the Phillies because they get the East, oh, yeah. and then the Astros because they're the team 
everybody loves to hate. They're the yep. heels like in wrestling. Yep. And uh, But that's not to be, but uh, the Rangers trying to win their first World Series and the D-backs trying to win their second. No doubt, no doubt. Great stuff as always. John, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? I'm, I've got a column up on the Texans-Panthers game and, and how how it transpired. And I'm working on one now about the Texans had a defensive end, a defensive tackle, had the best game of an ending tackle in franchise history, even better than J.J. Uh, Watt and Devion Clowney had in 2018. And I'll have a couple more columns this week. And thank you very much, as always. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you, John. Great stuff. There he goes. John McClain, the general right there from Sports Radio 610 at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Definitely be checking out uh, his work each and every time he puts it out. It's must-check-out material. So I definitely appreciate John and his efforts. 316 is the time. Let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines. I know we got a couple patient uh, callers, so we'll hit them up at 702-365-9200. We'll start off with Shields Up. Welcome to the show, Shields Up. What's on your mind? How you doing, Q? Chilling, chilling. How you doing? Good, man, man. Just want to say, first of all, much respect to the defense. They came back. They bounced back real well. And Graham mixed it up. He sent Spillane, really aggressive defense. Um, number two, I'm not going to be hard on the offensive line. In fact, um, did we even hear Aiden Hutchinson's name? Okay, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you see it, Mayer blocked him all day long, pushed him out of the play and everything else, single-handedly too. Now, we had our chances on those three or, four, three or four first possessions, and we didn't take advantage of it. And that's where the problem lies. And he had open looks and he had time, but right off the rip cue, he looks like a salsa dancer in there with those feet, man. Yeah. I mean, he's got the pocket, bro. He's got it. But mm-hmm. the, 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 head, the swivel, the head, the feet, everything. And he's not comfortable. Uh, the, the run out of bounds where he, he took the hit, I don't think that was very smart. I think that kind of messed him up. Um, but there's got to be serious consideration. I mean, I support. I supported him. I liked the. Uh, I liked when we signed him because, to be truthful, it was a it was a very very thin quarterback free agency class. Yeah. Um, so now that being said, man, I mean, I mean, if they got to take him out, they got to take him out and run with the young guy. Um, we're three and five. Like I said, two winnable games, but he just does not look confident, and you go with the youth, man, because you know why? At that point in their career, they're willing to throw the ball, and they're going to take the risk because they're young, and they want to get it done. All right, man. Hey, good stuff. Thank you for taking my call, brother. Absolutely, absolutely. Shields up right there. Good stuff. And that's the thing, right? I mean, it's they, they're not out of it, right? It's no By no means, like John McClain said, they're not out of it. Uh, they don't want to wave the white flag. But it does seem like the confidence isn't there right now in Jimmy. And so if he's not going to be out there confident, I, I apologize to whoever, maybe it was Raider Craig uh, that called in earlier and said that, you know, the confidence just isn't there. If he's not out there confident, man, he's not going to be able to do what he's got to do. Confidence is a mother, right? You've got to have it. If you don't have it, you're in trouble. So that goes with anything in life. If you ain't got it, they can recognize it. Anyone can recognize it. You can smell that blood in the water. Let's go back out to the phone line. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey, hey. I want to address something uh, you said yesterday after I got off the line about quarterback. You were talking about the young quarterback mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, the, the, when I said yesterday that that we should have we, 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 
you said we couldn't trade up because they didn't want to trade up for that number one pick. But no, they did. That, they did try okay, to trade up. Okay. They just didn't get it. They, 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 they couldn't do it. But you still had Will Levis, Henry, Hooker left, and, and, and some other uh, guys left right, right. there. You didn't, you, you didn't even try to get a quarterback. You will well, Hendon Hooker got selected before they did. They got Hendon Hooker. No, they were going to no, pick. Hooker, or they, I'm not going to say they were going to pick him. They, I know they had an opportunity to pick him in the third round, but Detroit got him in before they did. I don't think they wanted to get him before the third round. And Will Levis, I guess they passed on him. I mean, yeah, okay. we can okay. talk about every quarterback well, that they no, passed no, on, wait, but no, they got no, one in the fourth no, round. But I just wanted to address that because you saying that the that the but what you said yesterday was the quarterback that these young quarterbacks ain't play, all those quarterbacks are playing better than anybody that we have on our. All right, except for Hendon Hooker because he's not. He's able not to playing. Play, Will Levis has played in one game. Okay. Bryce Young has won one, one game. CJ okay. Stroud but, is playing well. Okay, they all playing well, but that's not the point. The point is they went to bad teams and playing better than the quarterbacks that we have right now. My thing was draft a quarterback, get a quarterback in here, and he could have sat behind. Okay, you can get Jimmy G, but get a quarterback to sit behind. Aiden is not the answer. He's not a franchise. We haven't even seen him yet. No, don't, come on, come on, Q. Be for real. I know you work for the Raiders, but he is. Okay, not hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause the call. Pause the call. All right. This there, if there's something I hate the most, and I respect the hell out of you, Raider Mac, is because you work for the Raiders. First of all, I do not work for the Raiders. I don't get paid a dime by the Raiders. Please take that out of your vocabulary. And anyone else, believe me, I wish I did get paid by the Raiders. I wish I had a check that said paid to the order of Q Myers by the Raiders. I do not get paid by the Raiders, and I should. I really should for everything that everyone wants to put into my mouth, put my word, put words into my mouth. Don't put words into my mouth. I speak all day long. I don't need any help talking. There's one thing I'm good at in life is talking for myself. I don't need any help. So, no, I do not work for the Raiders. If they'd like to employ me and give me a check, they know where to find me. Okay. Aiden O'Connell has started one game. Will Levis has started one game. He won. Aiden O'Connell lost. They have the same sample size of action. Bryce Young has started every single game that he's been healthy and he's lost, except for this last game. Anthony Richardson is out for the season, so he hasn't done squat. What are you talking about? DTR in Cleveland, what has he done but get booed off the field? What are we talking about? You're talking about all these young guys are successful. Where? Outside of C.J. Stroud, who's the most successful rookie quarterback? Nobody. Nobody. So, please, oh, don't put God. words into my are mouth. Go ahead. Are you going to let me talk? Or, or well, I, I, I was waiting until I, I was done. I was going to talk okay, and then ahead. stop. But go ahead. You got it. It's your okay, floor. Go your your but, show. But you, go for it. Okay, go ahead. You got it. Me and you boys. So no, because pretty I'm soon I'm just going to hang up. So just go for it. Get it out now. Okay. All right. Here's the thing, Q. You know who's a, 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 a – you know most of the time you know who the, who the franchise quarterback is when they when – this kid is not a fan. He can't move. He, he, he's a, stand, a pocket passer. Name me a pocket passer right now that's any good. None of them. None of them. All the quarterbacks that's moving around and that can move can do it. You, I mean, you can say whatever you want, but he's not a he's not a franchise quarterback. So uh, you, I bet. Well, you if you got all the answers, why are you I asking me you questions? Not. You told I me to name somebody, then you said Will, you can say whatever you want. I said draft Will Levitt, and okay. you said no. You said no. You said I don't want that kid. That's what you said. That's fine. I don't. Okay. I'm not saying I didn't. I said okay, I did. I didn't like him. I didn't think he was a good quarterback. It won't be, so if he ends up being a Hall of Famer. So I'm wrong. So be it. What's your point? You tell me you've is, called in, you and every chance. answer you've. 
All right, go mm-hmm. ahead, man. You, why don't you do the show? Since you got all the answers, you do the show. No, I ain't got the answer. But well, then let me. Then, the then what? Then what are you we doing like here? Facts, I'm telling you. Okay, I said I didn't like Will Levis. You're not saying anything. I'm not saying. I'm Why not are we dancing? Why I'm are we dancing? We, the Raiders need a franchise quarterback. That's Jesus. what I've been telling you from day one. Okay, so I don't me. get what your point is, though. My my point is, it doesn't matter who you put behind there. It ain't gonna work. You just said it did matter. You just it's, said to go I'm draft a guy. Now you're saying it don't matter. Make up your mind. It's not, if it's not a franchise Holy hell. It ain't going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's just simple So as what that. do you want? What's your solution? You, just That's you all. I just need you to tell me your solution and call it a day. Me. All right. So what is it? Holy Christ. That was awesome. <laughs> that was five minutes of my life I could never get back. Yes, Will Levis. I was not a fan of Will Levis. Nobody is denying that. Will Levis had one good game so far. Just like John McClain just said, let's pull the brakes and see what he actually has. Hendon Hooker, yes, he might be a good quarterback. He hasn't had a chance to get out on the grass yet. Bryce Young might be fantastic, but he's only won one game out of, so, out of all the games he's played. C.J. Stroud has looked like the best quarterback. Like I don't understand what our argument's about. I really don't. I really don't. Aiden O'Connell, I don't know if he's going to be worth the salt or not, but you got to see what he is, right? So I spend weeks saying that keep the veteran in and don't put the rookie in. Then when I say put the rookie in, then all of a sudden I'm the spawn of Satan and we're talking about something different. Holy Christ. That is the most ridiculous five minutes of my life I ever spent. I don't understand where that even came from, why it came from there, where we went. I guess this is what it is. 325 is the time. Lincoln Kennedy's joining the show next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Las Vegas Raiders color analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins Unnecessary Roughness right now on Raider Nation Radio. And pleased to have Lincoln Kennedy on the phone lines as he joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday around this time. And Lincoln, thanks so much. I do appreciate you. And unfortunately, we're talking about the Raiders' loss. Three and five overall is their record, and their offense was very anemic, to say it uh, nicely and politely, Monday night. What is the biggest issue you're seeing with this Raiders' offense? Offensive line. Offensive line is inconsistent. Can't pass protect consistently, can't run block consistently. That's where it starts. Um, and then some of the decision making of the quarterback. I mean, let's face it. You know, when you look at the yesterday's game, that interception that that he threw to trying to get the ball to Devontae Adams, either he didn't see the safety or he didn't throw it far enough. He should have thrown it further. Uh, but he underthrew it, and that was a, that was a pick. And just overall, trying to force the ball to to, to Devontae. I look, I get it. I understand he's a playmaker. And I understand that you got to have plays that you try to get the football to your star, even when he's being doubled. But you got to understand that people are going to try to take that away. So if you're not more creative uh, with the route running that you have them dis- uh, discipline, then you're still just hitting your head up against the wall. But it all starts up front. And 
you know, I feel I feel bad for Jimmy because uh, you know last night he, there was a lot of times he was looking down at the rush rather than looking downfield. So with what they have, the personnel that they have, how do they correct that issue? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure that's a ten million dollar question. If it was that simple, and everybody would be able to figure it out. It isn't that simple. I mean, right. I don't. You know, look, last night they started Thayer Mumford. And he had a pretty solid game until he went out with the injury. Now, who knows the, the extent of his injury, but he brought a little bit of a different dynamic as far as the, the run plays. And there were some times where Jacobs was having some success running football, so I think you can mark on that. But the, the ineffectiveness of the offense and the inability to score is, has, it has already made this a long and will continue to make this a long season. Coach McDaniel said earlier today at his presser that they were going to look into everything, you know, as far as just kind of evaluating, looking at the film and seeing what they can do. So I asked the question, is there a possibility that there could be a quarterback change? At 3-5, and five, do you think it's too early for that? I do think it's too early for that. Jason okay. and I, were my partner, we were talking about it last night, and I do think it's too early for that, mainly because when you, when you make a change of that, that magnitude, the quarterback change, and what you're saying to your locker room is that the future is starting now, mm-hmm. and that could be that could be determined or you know interpreted good or bad, one way or the other. There are some guys that I'm sure are probably big Aiden fans. There are some guys that I'm sure they're probably big Jimmy fans. I know that everybody in that locker room just wants to win, but when you make a quarterback change like that, then you're saying, okay, yeah, the the Jimmy G phase is over. We're going to the future. And we don't know if we're going to be able to win, um, you know, how many more games we're going to be able to win. With that being said, I still don't know. I haven't seen enough out of Aiden O'Connell to say that he's ready right. for this level. Because remember the time that he started in the Charger game, mm-hmm. all the sacks that he did because he's holding on to football too long. So we don't know if he's ready for that. I, so there's a number of reasons why I don't think you go that route just yet. What do you think, when and if it ever becomes, you know, the Aiden O'Connell time, how much time do you think he actually needs under center to get a good idea of who he really is? Like, how many games? Well, there's no, there's no set amount of games. It's, it's a learning experience depending on how it goes. Okay. You know, wins, it, win, it, win football games and you exude confidence. You create confidence. And if you lose, then you're sitting, you're scratching your head, what are we still doing wrong, what's going on? The frustration that I see stemming from a lot of players on this team right now is the fact that they're not haven't been able to put wins together. They haven't been, you know, coming into the season, they thought they were going to be far better than their record is right now. But being three and five, all is not lost. But you're halfway through the season, you got to find a way to turn it around. And hey, the schedule's not going to get any easier for you. No, it's not. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. That was my big thing coming into the season, Lincoln. I thought, man, this offense is going to be cooking. They got all these weapons. They're going to be great. Only thing you have to have is the defense compliment them, and it's been everything but that. And, you know, what did you think for the defense last night? They created three turnovers, but they were only able to get seven points out of that. Well, the defense has done its job. I mean, the defense has slowed down the off- the, the, a lot of the offenses they face. Now, we still got one big issue. They can't stop the run. Yeah. You can't give up five to six yards crack on the runs and think that teams aren't going to run. And that's two weeks in a row where, you know, football teams just ran the heck out over the defense and just eventually wore them out. The offense is, is, is a work in progress, but, you know, the defense has done what it could uh, as much as it could. But, again, we're going to see some more prolific offenses still to come through the rest of the season. 
Yeah, it's it's not going to get any easier, that's for sure. And they've got a couple home games coming up with the Giants and Jets back-to-back. And they, they're going to play hard. And, of course, the Jets have a really strong defense. But, you know, sticking still on that on the defensive side of things, there was a lot of guys, Lincoln, that were banged up. Was there was there a field issue? Was it just a football situation? I mean, it just seemed like the Raiders lost a lot of guys, especially defensively last night. Yeah, I mean, I saw that as well. I don't know if it's a field issue. I did see a lot number of players slipping early in the football game, so I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. But uh, for the most part, from what I've seen, most of the injuries weren't necessarily uh, lower extremity, lower leg injuries. They were upper body. So, I mean, that's just football. Yeah. That's just that's just how it goes. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, he uh, he had a he was in there for a little while, and he had a couple bad angles. One on that Jameer Gibbs touchdown run. Uh, it seems like he's really hesitating. It seems like he's thinking a lot out there right now. Well, again, you know, we talked when we talked about Tyree Wilson. It's uh, there's a learning curve for rookies on this level, Q, and it takes some time. And the fact is, is that, and when you go back to you know uh, preseason and training camp. How much junk was all these guys on defense talking then when, yeah. when they were out there? You remember all that yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, okay, now that you've been talking your trash, you got to go out and prove it. You're going to have to go out and prove it against the best athletes in the world, guys that do this for a living and get paid handsomely for it. So, you know, you're going to have to stand up. You're going to always be accounted for when the people see you get burned or give up, make a mistake. Go, ah, ha, ha. Remember that trash you were talking? Yeah, now, now what's up with that? So, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. No, you really do. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 talking about Monday night's loss to the Detroit Lions, 26-14. Uh, to 14. Josh Jacobs, you mentioned earlier, he, he did get cooking. He did score the one touchdown on offense. And, you know, almost when he threw the ball against the, against the uh, you know, the, the fence back there, uh, the end of the end right. zone, it looked like he was really, <laughs> like he was, he was letting some frustrations out. Uh, what have you seen from J.J.? And, and are you seeing him starting to prove a little bit as well? Well, I mean, they still have the, the it's the, details to the plays queue that have to be ironed out. We, we saw get a little bit more effective uh, last night, you know, with Myers coming in motion, digging out the safeties, digging out the extra person in, in the hole. And then you, what people have done to the Raiders, you put your corners on an island where your corners have to make the tackles. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. So it is what it is. But I thought that, you know, last night with, with Jacobs is that he got a chance to see some daylight Got a chance to make some downhill runs, and you know is getting more stronger as he's going as he's progressing along. Now, again, one of the, one of those things is will it be a little too late. I don't think so. It's still got more than half the season. It's not too late. They've got to find a way to get some consistency. As far as some of the play calling, that's something that always comes in question with you know Raider Nation. It seemed like there was guys open multiple times, but uh, you mentioned the offensive line. Jimmy just wasn't able to look down the field. He was looking down at his protection to make sure he wasn't getting hit. Did you did you see that from a sky's uh, view as well? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, that's the reason why I, I said in the Chicago game, I told Jason that I think Jimmy has a case of the happy feet. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily settled in, in the pocket. He, his feet are dancing around, and there are times where it's it's really quick. If it's not open right now immediately, then he's having a hold on the football, then the protection is breaking down. And I, I saw that specifically a number of plays last night where all of a sudden he can't look down the field. He has to take his eyes off and try to scramble and find a way to get out from the pressure. What do the leaders do or say, or can they? They had a team meeting uh, that included coaches last week, but is there something that the leaders could do in the locker room this week to try to remedy things? No, it's, you continue to work. 
Yeah. I mean, what 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 else is there to say when there's nothing really to talk about? You know right. what the issues are. You just got to get better. And and you know, it's not like anybody's gonna feel sorry for you or give you a break. Right. But you know, now it's, it, there's there's a part where it, it comes a time in locker rooms where you're gonna have Q or guys are thinking about what they want to do if they want to be a Raider mm-hmm. or if they're thinking about going somewhere else or how can they get out of it. You know, they might be talking to their families when they go home at night and talking to their agents. You know, how can I get out? These are things that that are in the minds of of guys when you're in a season like this because it's not going as well as to be expected. You still got a lot of football left, but you're not happy when you're behind the eight ball at three or five right now. You know, we didn't find out about that team meeting that they had on Thursday last week. We didn't find out about that until over the weekend, and then we talked about it on Uh yesterday's show. And people asked me, what – what comes out of that that's positive? And I don't know. Never been in a team meeting. Not on a team. <laughs> right? So thinking what 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 does come out of that positive or what can come out of those kind of meetings positive? Well, you know, I've always had I've always said that it, grown men need to I, I, talk out their issues. Okay? Don't harbor anything. I couldn't stand the anonymous, you know, person in the locker room where you didn't hear from me, but, right. you know, I heard Q doesn't, you know, where's the shoes backwards, you know, <laughs> that that type of crap. I, I couldn't stand any of that. So I was big on, like, if you got something to say about somebody, you say it. That can be that type of team meeting. It can be that type of team meeting where you're going and everyone's saying, like, look, man, we need to pick it up. I need to be better. You need to be better. We need to do these things. All that stuff. The only way you know what, if it ever translates, is what you see on the football field. And last night's performance, though, was slightly better than we saw in Chicago. Really wasn't a, a lot to be proud of, right? Right. So you, you, when you think about it, it's like, okay, what what came out of that team meeting? Where are we? We won't know until we see more football games and, and, and playing against, you know, teams that they should have beaten the last two weeks. They didn't. They're behind, you know, so they're losing. But they've got to find a way to turn things around. And we don't know what was said in that team meeting. We don't know how it's going to transpire. There could have been a lot of finger pointing. You could have walked out of the team meeting, and everybody's still finger pointing. And the team's breaking up. Don't know. You know, you can only take uh, in solace in the rewards of what what we see afterwards. Yeah. No. There's there's no doubt. I mean, it's it's. Again, I, I thought it was a positive because I felt like, okay, well, coach is hearing out the players and the players are hearing out each other. But, again, we don't know what the meeting had to do with. We don't know what they were saying, so we really don't know if it could have been positive or a negative. All I know, Lincoln, is you can't really go to that well too many times, right? That's a one-time thing? <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. You know, you look at last night, the the interception, he underthrows uh, Devontae. The one where he has him wide open on the double move, he overthrows him tremendously. I mean, these are instances where you saw the frustration on Devontae. It wasn't like they didn't try to get the football to him. You got to understand that if you're not more creative, you don't find ways to break him free, teams are going to double him and take him away. And you and because you don't have a solid offensive line, you don't have a ton of time to sit back there and wait for him to come open. That's the problem the Raiders face. Right, no doubt. Well, that's something that Carmen Brasillo and company have got to figure out. Uh, they got nine more games guaranteed on the schedule, starting with the Giants on a short week coming up Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Lincoln, great stuff, man. We'll talk about that upcoming game on Thursday. We definitely appreciate you. Thanks for your time. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right, my man. There he goes. Lincoln Kennedy, uh, former Raider offensive lineman, standout former offensive uh, lineman of the silver and black. Definitely appreciated his time while he was along that offensive line. and wish there was a Lincoln Kennedy running through those uh, those doors and coming out that locker room each and every Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever the case may be. But instead, he's in the booth with Jason Horowitz and does a fantastic job, and we definitely appreciate him for that. 3.43 is the time. We'll come back, get to Pruntucky, uh, Pruntucky Raider, Hardcore Raider, and Raider Dave as we close out hour number two of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Roughness is really unnecessary today as uh, the aftermath of the Raiders' 26-14 loss to the Detroit Lions, dropping their overall record to 3-5. and five. It is Raider Nation Radio 920. I uh, want to hurry up and get a couple of these quick calls in uh, before the top of the hour as we have uh, Tomer Azerly going to join the show to talk all things L.A. Clippers. They made a big move for James Harden, so that will be at the top of the hour. But let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Pruntucky Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Q? How are you? Fantastic. Good, good. I enjoyed talking to you last week. Hey, I want to, I'll get to the point, but I want to give an example, and I'm going to meet to the point and kind of say what I would do. But going back to what I was talking last week, I got this beautiful pro- uh, property in the country here, and I really want to grow, you know, flowers and everything like that. And I talked about putting fresh dirt in there mm-hmm. and building up a lawn like you'd never, you know, uh, uh, never expect. And so the foundation is very, very important, just like for the Raiders, the offensive and defensive, more on the offense, you've got to build a foundation over time. So, um, what, you know, the, um, so me knowing landscaping, I'm kind of stuck. I, I'm a kind of a prima donna. I know everything about landscaping. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I see grass growing very sparingly. It's got, you know, what's going on? i got these big weeds. It just looks like crap. And so it looks, reminds me of the Raider offense. It's regressing, looks like crap. So maybe I can call a consultant. You know, I know everything about it, but maybe the answer is right in front of me. So maybe I need someone to give me some fresh ideas. So getting back to the Raiders, what I would do is the following. And I have a question for you, Q. Okay. In the off season, uh, I don't think the Raider uh, staff, I don't think Josh uh, McDaniels made many changes on the staff, except I thought they hired uh, Norm Turner's son, Yep. Uh, he's got a creative offensive mind, and I think he's the receiver's coach. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, he's. Uh, I know he's an assistant there, but he's on the offensive staff for sure. Okay, so if uh, if Josh is considering everything, what I would say, Josh, check your ego at the door, number one. Take some pressure off yourself. A head coach is a lot. You haven't had a lot of experience. Maybe turn, get a fresh set of eyes. Maybe you turn the offensive place to maybe a guy like Turner. Or lesser, not lesser, or Lombardi if it's qualified. But maybe you say, "Hey, let Turner uh, take a stab at it." Because what I see McDaniel's doing, especially in the red zone, he's coaching like not to lose. And so you see a lot of conservative plays, and I notice that, and it drives you crazy. So maybe if he takes some of that offensive pressure off him and give it to a guy like Turner, who's supposed to be an offensive guru, maybe that would be a, a helpful solution. Now, as far as Garoppolo is concerned, I watched him with the 49ers just to end all this. He definitely is a shadow of himself. He's totally different. I know the 49ers had a lot of good offensive players, but so do we. We have a lot of offensive players. You can go about the offensive line and all that. But sometimes when your brain is just so clogged in a particular area, you're not moving very well. I think he should sit a couple games. But more importantly, get O'Connell in here to see what you got. You know, you have nine games and you're not throwing in the towel. A new set of eyes with maybe a different offensive coordinator, and try O'Connell in there. And I would do it this week and see how he does for uh, uh, you know uh, a game or two. You're not benching Garoppolo for the future, but maybe do something and change it up a little bit. That's what I would do. Hey, good stuff, good stuff. Thanks so much. And I, look, I, as far as you know, Jimmy G, I would sit him down. 
I would sit him down. I think that Aiden O'Connell should get, you know, some burn uh, multiple games, right, just because that's what you need. You, I don't think he can just – you can learn a lot from one game and then start and stop him, start and stop him. So that's why I think that they should roll with him. But as we talked to John McClain, we talked to Lincoln Kennedy, you know, they, they don't think that it's quite time yet to, uh, to turn the page to Aiden O'Connell because of the message that it sends to the locker room. And that's something that I know is a factor. So it's something that, you know, Coach McDaniels and his staff are going to have to work out as they talk about it. You know, he didn't say no. When I asked him about a quarterback change, he didn't say yes, but he also didn't say no. Let's get Hardcore Raider in. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Uh, just want to get, say, say something straight off the bat. You know, uh, you know, there's, there's not too too often that, like, you know, no matter what sports team someone might be a fan of uh, or sport or whatever it might be, that we got someone in our corner that grew up a Raiders fan like yourself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you didn't you didn't adopt the Raiders. You're not pretending to be a Raiders fan. You're a diehard, hardcore Raider fan. You know, like a lot of us. So, yeah. I just want to give you a lot of respect, bro. Because, uh, you know, I know I know you get a lot of heat. But anyways, you know, I, I do want to say something about the quarterback deal. You know, the people that want like a mobile quarterback, say like Lamar Jackson, like it sounds nice, right? It's the more modern NFL and all that. But I'm not convinced that 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 style of quarterback would be a good fit for Josh McDaniel's system. You know, Josh McDaniels has never really outside of uh, when Cam was there, you know, the Patriots for like a year or a year and a half, whatever it was right. outside of that. I mean, none of their quarterbacks were mobile quarterbacks. They were all pocket passers. So yeah, I, I wanted him and hooker, but it doesn't mean that it was the right scheme fit. If we're going to keep this coach, if, if we want that, then we're probably going to have to move on for coach McDaniels. Cause I don't think he's going to change his scheme for a mobile quarterback. So let's get that straight also. Um, and then next, you know, and I'm not, I'm not putting you on blast. I'm just curious on your opinion, and, and I wanted to touch on something here real quick, too, after you answer, but you had a theme this offseason that I think was extremely important. And, and that theme or that question was, what is the plan right. of the Raiders, yep. you know, and by this regime? And I still think that's an important question, so I'm just going to ask you, we're week eight into the season. Do you feel like you know what the plan is uh, at this stage of the game? I do not. I can confidently say that I do not. Um, well, and I, and, you know, and I feel the. Go ahead. And I, and I feel and I feel the same way. So I'm just going to say real quick. I think I think we're down to only a couple scenarios. I, I'm ready to move on from this coach. We've seen we've seen the offense regress. We've seen the defense progress. I think the defensive coach, who I had doubts about, I think he's a players' coach, and he's getting a lot out of these players. And a lot out of these players have less talent than our offense where we were supposed to have an offensive guru, and the offense is like one of the worst in the NFL. So to me, I would move on from Josh McDaniels and the GM, and we have Champ Bailey that can also be our GM, and we put our defensive coordinator as head coach. And if that's not an option, uh, I'll tell you what, Josh McDaniels better be begging Tom Brady to come out of retirement and finish the season for us. If we want any shot at the playoffs and maybe a chance – for the dance, because they aren't putting anything together worth a hoot. That's the, that's the only thing that I see. And, like, you know what? One game is not enough to see what we got from Aiden O'Connell. Uh, you know, I, I do think he's got potential. The dude's brother died, and he played like that following week or whatever. The dude's a baller. He went to Purdue. Even though I was doubtful of him, I think he's got something in him. And, uh, you know, I, I want to tap into that. But I don't know if, if now's the time. I'm not saying Jimmy's the answer. But Josh McDaniels better be pulling some strings and figure out if he can get Tom Brady out of retirement because that's the only thing that's going to save this dude's job, in my opinion. But much love. Keep up the good work, man. Uh, thanks for the call. And, yes, yeah, the, the Tom Brady ship has sailed. That's, that's a done deal. Um, but I, I don't. I mean, when you ask about the plan, I, I don't know what the plan is. I think that there's been different variations of the plan. I'll be 100% honest with you, and I don't know what they are. But 
Uh, the best plans are the ones that can be adjusted to uh, as need be, and I think that that's what the Raiders have done multiple times. I think from the moment that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels took over, they had a plan that may have morphed into a different planet, if that makes any sense. I, I don't believe that you know every, every move that they've made has been to a T exactly what they wanted to do from the jump, uh, but it's what they've had to adapt to. And so sometimes you have to adjust. A lot of times I come into this show with a plan, and believe me, a lot of times i got to adjust on the fly, uh, as we very well know. So, uh, I mean, there's just it just kind of is what it is. It's great to have a plan, but you've got to be able to execute it. And I don't know how much of the plan, like you said, has been executed by the Raiders. I don't know if they have the quarterback. I know they have a quarterback. Matter of fact, they have a few quarterbacks. I don't know if they have the quarterback. And at some point, they've got to decide if they do or not. But thanks for that call. I do appreciate the 356 at the time. We'll take a break, uh, come back, talk a little Clippers as we kick off hour number three of the show. Uh, Tamir Azarli, Clutch Points. Uh, he talks all things Clippers. will tell us about James Harden and more. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.